Hello, and welcome to this Speed Listen installment of the Six Gun Justice Podcast. I'm Richard Prosh. While my saddle pard, Paul Bishop, and I ride the trail together for our longer episodes, Speed Listens are occasional short podcast installments wherein we ride solo. Today, I'll be tracking the King of the Cowboys, Roy Rogers. I've only met a few of the old Western entertainment legends in person. I met Buffalo Bob Smith of the Howdy Doody Show, and instead of Western trivia, we ended up sharing gossip on local politics and retail outlets that Bob knew from his time living nearby. Later on, I met Lash LaRue, and I met John Hart, who played the Lone Ranger on TV during the 1952-53 season. One man I didn't meet, but sort of did, was Roy Rogers, the greatest Western entertainer of all time. Now, before you John Wayne fans, Clint Eastwood acolytes, Sam Peckinpah sycophants, or Louis L'Amour literature lovers, plant your boots in the stirrup of your high horse, let me clarify what I said. Roy Rogers was the greatest Western entertainer of all time. Musical recordings, movies, radio, TV, books, and a franchise of chain restaurants carried his name around the world to such an extent that he was eventually known as King of the Cowboys. And why not? Perhaps more than anybody else in the early 20th century, Roy, born Leonard Franklin Sly in 1911 Ohio, recognized the true value of a Western brand name in the contemporary merchandising sense that we understand it today. In our post-Star Wars media-blitzed culture, licensed properties and name-brand entertainment is taken for granted. But in the 30s and 40s, things were just getting started. And Len, that is Rogers, would lead the way for the next three decades, often at odds with the changing mores around him, but always with true integrity, wit, and charm. Leonard Sly learned to entertain the crowd when he was young. Living on an Ohio farm with no radio, the family often spent weekend nights with friends and neighbors, hosting square dances where Len would provide music and call the steps. Country life, though, was pretty brutal, even before the Great Depression. And when things went south, the family moved back to Cincinnati. High school graduate Len had to work a variety of jobs. His older sister Mary had married, and she and her husband moved to Lawndale, California. Len spent the early 30s traveling to see his sister, staying on, working wherever he could find employment, living in labor camps, and generally just hanging on. But the music still called him, and in 1931, Len auditioned for a radio show and joined a group called the Rocky Mountaineers, then the O-Bar-O Cowboys. They toured New Mexico and Arizona. In 1933, Len married a fan, Lucille Ascalis, a wedding that was nearly doomed from the start, because in June 1933, he also met Grace Arlene Wilkins at a Roswell, New Mexico radio station when she promised to bake him a pie if he sang the Swiss yodel directly to her. Len and Grace continued to correspond, even though Len was married to Lucille. Once the divorce was final, Len and Grace were married in Roswell on June 11, 1936. During the course of Len's personal life, the O-Bar-O Cowboys disbanded, and Len and his associates Bob Nolan and Tim Spencer formed the Pioneers Trio, then went on to organize the Sons of the Pioneers in 1934. The Sons of the Pioneers signed a recording contract with the newly founded DECA label. One of the first songs they recorded during their very first session would become a legend, Tumbling Tumbleweeds, written by Bob Nolan. It wasn't the last hit. Over the next couple years, the Sons recorded 32 songs, including their classic, Cool Water. B-movie westerns and Saturday cowboy serials were in vogue during the late 1930s, 
and Len's musical background helped propel him to the silver screen. He worked steadily in film from his first appearance in 1935 onward. When in 1938, America's most popular singing cowboy at the time, Gene Autry, demanded more money for his work, Len stepped up with the stage name Roy Rogers, given to him by Republic Pictures, partially based on the homespun comic Will Rogers. Roy got the lead in Republic's movie Under Western Stars and went on to crank out a remuda full of musical flicks, some of them better than others. On the personal front again, Roy and Grace adopted a daughter, Cheryl Darlene, in 1941. Two years later, Grace gave birth to Lena Liu and Roy Jr., a.k.a. Dusty, was born in 1946. Unfortunately, Grace died from complications from the birth a few days later. Roy had known actor-entertainer Dale Evans since 1944, and they married after Grace's death on New Year's Eve 1947 at the Flying L Ranch in Oklahoma, where they had filmed Home in Oklahoma together a few months earlier. More than any other cowboy star, Rogers lived in a benign, timeless American West a place where singing drovers saddled up with comic sidekicks and men kissed their horses more often than they kissed the daffy gals who they inevitably had to save. The heroes wore sidearms and they rode horses, but if the plot demanded an automobile, telephone, or radio, those two were mysteriously provided, if never exclusively relied upon. No place is this odd amalgamation of 19th and 20th century more confusing than on The Roy Rogers Show. 100 episodes of which aired on NBC TV for six seasons between 1951 and 1957. The show stars Roy as a ranch owner, with Dale as owner-operator of the Eureka Cave and Hotel in fictional Mineral City. Roy's sidekick and Dale's cook, Pat Brady, drove an animated jeep with a mind of its own named Nellie Bell, while four-legged companions Trigger and Bullet the Wonder Dog each got their time in the regular limelight. The show's theme song, Happy Trails, written by Dale Evans, was sung by her and Roy over the end credits of each episode. By this time in the 1950s, the merchandising really kicked in. Roy had his own action figures, Whitman tie-in novels, playsets, comic strips, and Dell comic book series. Rogers was second only to Walt Disney in the number of items with his name on them. At the same time, Rogers' production company was busy producing the CBS Western series Brave Eagle in 1956. In 1962, the couple co-hosted a comedy western variety show on ABC called The Roy Rogers and Dale Evans Show. Canceled after only three months, it lost in the ratings to the more hip Jackie Gleason show. The times were moving on, leaving Roy and Dale behind. After their adopted daughter Debbie was killed in a church bus accident in 1964, they moved to the 67-acre Double R Bar Ranch in Apple Valley, California. Roy received a great many accolades in his life, including three stars on Hollywood's Walk of Fame, the Golden Boot Award, induction into the Western Performers Hall of Fame, and he was twice elected to the Country Music Hall of Fame. He passed away in 1998 from heart failure. Roy Rogers appeared in over 100 films and numerous radio and television episodes. Along the way, he helped a slew of sidekicks like Pat Brady, Andy Devine, George Gabby Hayes, and Smiley Burnett, and he truly became a cultural icon. Now, to expand on what I said at the beginning of the episode about meeting Roy, I never got to shake hands with our hero in person, but that didn't keep me from personally experiencing his warmth and generosity. On a lark, since I had acquired his address from a mutual friend, I wrote a letter to Roy in 1990 asking for an autographed photo as a gift for my father-in-law. I sent no money, 
No self-addressed stamped envelope, just a letter full of audacity and our mutual friend's name. I got back a note wishing us well and a beautiful color 8x10 glossy signed, Happy Trails to Less, Your Friend Roy. I'll never forget my father-in-law's words when he opened the gift and said with a tear in his eye, You know, when I was a kid, I used to sort of imagine Roy was my pal. Now I guess he really is. We both felt that way, Roy. Happy trails, amigo. And happy trails to you. Thanks for listening to this exclusive Speed Listen installment of the Six Gun Justice podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, author Chris Enns, the Western Writers of America, and Wolfpack Publishing, home of such rousing Western action as The Legend of the Black Rose and Concho. Remember to check out the Six Gun Justice website at www.sixgunjustice.com for regularly updated reviews, articles, and interviews from the best of the Western wordslingers. Till next time, be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and keep your eyes on the Western horizon. Let's ride.